Subtitle, How to Escape Death. Subtitle, Every Man's Tale by Irvin Eugene. Chapter 1, Fallen Angels. This story starts off with Adam East floating in a pond half beaten to death, bloody face with cuts and torn clothes. He has little energy and is in a surmountable amount of pain. He stays in the water, barely breathing and half conscious. There's a lot of commotion surrounding him with lights from police. They come to the scene to witness this poor young man. In brutal agony, he makes a sign of peace with a joyful yet grimacing smile. He raises in a small motion a peace sign with his left hand barely above water. The scene changes to a more recent recollection of Adam being abruptly awakened in bed by a family friend. He says, I did not know if you were alive or not. You did not make a sound as you slept. You have been sleeping for hours. Adam appeared fine but restless and said, I'm okay. Family friend stated, it's your dad, they called. Adam in noticeable discomfort said, it's time. The two nodded and agreed. They find themselves driving to the hospital. The friend drinking from a stainless steel canteen while driving. He said it's whiskey as he gulped a swig. He was buzzed but had the confidence and tolerance as if he had been doing this for a while. He passed it to Adam who felt uncomfortable but wanted to numb the pain. He took a sip and felt his blood rush. Adam was sad. His friend told him, you were always close with your father. Adam looked through his phone and stared at a photo of him and his dad playing miniature golf at an amusement park. He remembered the good times they shared. He placed the photo as his screensaver as a sign of respect and thoughtfulness. They arrived at the hospital. It was a dreadful depiction of his sick dad connected to tubes and machines. He could tell that he did not have much time. His mother met them at the unit. Adam shed tears as he removed his father from life support. All of them felt ill to say goodbye like this. His mother said, be strong, Adam, this is life. Adam just stared at the blank wall, imagining the last breath of life escaping his father. It was something he thought would never happen. He never expected his father to leave him at the ripe age of 23. The two had so much to live for. Movies to watch together, walks at the park, and just talking about life. Adam wanted to be removed from the whole situation. He rushed to the bathroom during the remainder of the procedure. He washed his hands vigorously and wiped his face with the fresh water. He started to stare at himself through the mirror above the sink. A conversation ensued between him and what seemed like his dad. His pop stated, I'm never good at being this great father figure to you. All I could do was provide. The rest seemed out of place and difficult. That is what a man is supposed to do for his family is to provide. Adam said, no, that's not true. You were always a great dad. Adam wanted direction. His dad said, go to Boston. 
His father said, remember the good times. Adam stared at his phone for solace. Now Adam walked around New York City, going from bar to bar drinking, always finding a corner of a decent bar escaping with booze. In a drunken haze, he went to his ex-girlfriend's apartment. He was lost and wanted to find comfort in something he was familiar with. He had a leftover key and entered. The girl was with her current fling. He told her, I'm going to Boston. She said, if that's what you need to if that's what you need to know, I hope the best for you, Adam. They hugged and reminisced on better days. He left, packed his clothes, and headed to the train station. Chapter two Escape At the train Adam had his headphones in and listened to music. Next to him was an older woman. She was sleeping. She abruptly woke up when Adam's music seemed too loud. He was drowning out his sorrow. The woman said, are you okay? You seem sad. Adam mentioned, my father just passed away. The woman attempted to emphasize and stated, my father recently passed away too. Life is too difficult, but we must press on. She said, I'm Angela, I'm from Boston, how about you? He found comfort in her breaking the ice. He said, I'm Adam, I'm from New York. I'm headed to Boston as a chance to get away. She was intrigued and described that she was a professor at Harvard. Adam's attention was elsewhere. She stated, perhaps you do not want to talk. Adam persisted that everything was fine and that he was just stressed out. He discussed how his mind races at the moment. He wanted to go to Boston for clarity of thought. Adam asked, why were you in New York? Angela illustrated that I wanted to go to Madison Square Garden and see the Knicks play the Celtics. There has always been a rivalry between New York and Boston. It is amazing to experience the the competition live from the garden. Adam remembered seeing the game on television. He suggested it must be great to see the Celtics always beating the Knicks. The New York Knicks have not been good in a long time, and the Celtics are at a higher class, being great since the establishment of the NBA with Bill Russell and later in the 1980s with Larry Bird. And you cannot forget the run with Paul Pierce. Angela described Boston and New York are more connected than you think. My father was a big Celtics fan. He would have loved to be at the game with me. Adam, to change the subject from sad conversation, suggested to get drinks. They rejoiced in each other's company, exchanging good moments of the past and accepting opportunities for the future. Angela went to the bathroom after the festivities, but Adam did not know at the times that she would not return. Supposedly in the restroom, she lost consciousness and fell. This was traumatizing to Adam. Someone he had just connected with was in pain. Adam stared at his phone to calm his nerves. He looked at the screensaver of his late father. Adam daydreamed of Angela speaking to him. She said, I saw my father in heaven. He is doing well. I saw your father too, Adam. He wants you to be happy. 
Adam, he misses you. I told him that you're going to Boston. She ended the conversation with, stay strong, Adam. He arrived at the Boston train station. The staff questioned him on the situation with Angela. They interrogated him on her status before entering the bathroom. Adam described how he cared for her. He said, I just met her. i never seen her before in my life, before today. She is kind and caring. Is she okay? The workers told him she will be transported to the hospital, but she is in critical condition. She had some type of reaction to the alcohol or a panic attack. The main issue is that she hit her head on the sink during her dizzy state. Adam was shocked. He tried to learn more of the situation, but they resisted him. They asked a few more questions, but persisted he leave the station in all contact with Angela. The clientele advised him to continue his vacation and to enjoy his trip. Adam was distraught, yet listened to avoid further trouble. Adam walked through the station. A troubled blonde girl caught his attention. She had tears running down her face. She seemed stressed and upset. He went to her and said, are you okay? She described that her mother had just been hurt on the train. She said, my mom had an anxiety attack or something. She hit her head. I'm her only daughter. I have to take care of her. She must have forgot to take her medication or maybe she was overwhelmed with my grandfather passing. This is all too much. He said, hey, I am Adam East. I was with your mother. She's a sweet lady. The girl replied, I am Stephanie. Do you know my mom? Adam said, yeah, I can help you with whatever you need. She said, no, but thank you for your for helping me with my mother. She wiped her tears and briefly held her hand on top of Adam's hand. Adam, being awkward by nature, moved his hand and said, it was nice meeting you, Stephanie. They both smiled and Adam grabbed his belongings and walked away to exit the station. Chapter three, Boston. Adam was in an Uber taking in the captivating scenery of Boston, the historical buildings of the 18th century, the red brick buildings and pathways, the classic clock towers. All he knew was of the TD Garden and Quincy Market. Of course, famous schools like Harvard and Boston University. He felt accepted in what seemed like a sports town with an academic twist. The city was full of history from Benjamin Franklin to John F. Kennedy. He enjoyed the popular Sam Adams beer. He found pride in literary figures like Phyllis Wheatley and leaders such as Crispus Attucks. During the Uber, he noticed an ambulance vehicle passing by. Soon after, he sees Stephanie sitting in a parked car. He demands that the Uber driver stop. He tends to Stephanie. Adam reminds her of their meeting earlier at the train station. She is confused but accepts Adam. Stephanie describes how she has to follow the ambulance with her mother, but she could not focus. He suggested to drive her car and follow the ambulance with her. During conversation, Adam discovers that Stephanie is a pianist. That makes him more interested in her. She is flattered. 
Stephanie mentions that she has played piano for many years, that her mother has helped develop her skills. Without much notice, Adam gets involved in a car accident, traveling close behind the ambulance truck. The ambulance vehicle loses control through all the traffic, and Stephanie's mother dies in the fatal accident. They both witness her corpse on the street. The two are horrified. Angela's body was bruised, bloody, and tangled. It was a horrible sight to see. They ran out of the car. Stephanie was frantic to see her mother in this state. Adam tried to consult her, but she was rightfully upset. She was crying and angry. When things settled down, Stephanie went in a new ambulance vehicle with her deceased mother. They drove away from the scene. Adam, in a new city and troubled, just went about his day, his way. He entered Stephanie's car and was alarmed to see a silver gun in her purse. He placed the purse and her belongings in the back seat and drove away. Adam, contemplated of what to do, thought it would be best to go to the New England Conservatory of Music, as Stephanie mentioned she worked there. He wanted to take in the sights of the city while at the same time observing her place of worship. When arriving, he viewed the classical art of the building. By accident, he listened to the practice of the musicians. He was met by the instructor who was frustrated by the annoyance of Adam. It was obvious that he was out of place. He was carrying Stephanie's phone and it ringed. That drew further attention to Adam at the musical rehearsal. He was becoming a pest. It was Stephanie and she asked of Adam's whereabouts. He told her, I am at the conservatory. I want to see where you play. She admired Adam, but believed he was bothersome. She told him, please give me, give my phone to the instructor. I want to advise him on my situation. Adam followed her orders. He was directed by the instructor to wait in the stands. After waiting for quite some time, the rehearsal continued. He noticed Stephanie playing the piano. She was exquisite and magnificent, playing all chords on time. With such ease and beauty, it was captivating. Adam was mesmerized. He did not make a sound. He respected the musician's performance and listened to every sound. He lost track of time as Stephanie finished and left the stage. She talked to what seemed to be her boyfriend. Stephanie stated, what do you want, Ulysses? He says, I heard of Angela's passing. I wanted to make sure you were okay. Ulysses was tall, dark, and handsome. He could tell there was something ferocious about him. He spoke in short sentences and had a deep, threatening voice. Adam was waiting by the corridor. Ulysses stated, Who is this prick? Adam, testing the water, said, Stephanie, great performance. Stephanie, forcibly confident yet nervous, said, Ulysses, do not worry. Adam is just a friend from New York. We just met. Ulysses stated, I miss your mother. She was beautiful at our wedding. She had unfinished business with my boss, Vincent. Adam, worried, said, You're married, Stephanie? The musical instructor arrived and said, Ulysses, I need you to leave immediately. 
Ulysses replied, no trouble. I need to see you soon, Stephanie. It was nice meeting you, Adam. Ulysses left the premises. Stephanie said, you should go, Adam. He replied, where should I go? She said, go to the Boston Harbor Hotel. Chapter 4, Love and Trouble Adam arrived at the hotel. It was swanky. He met an adventurous fellow there. He said, hey, I am Jack. He pointed to another guy and stated, that is Benjamin. They made jokes and quirky remarks. They suggested that they should smoke pot. But first, let's go out for a drink, said Benjamin. They go to the hotel bar and drink Jaeger bombs alongside Red Bull and vodka. They smoke cigarettes outside after several drinks to get fresh air. Drunk now, Adam tells his new friends what happened to Angela. I cannot believe she is dead, exclaimed Adam. As she is telling Jack about Stephanie, Benjamin presents a joint and starts smoking. The weed is shared amongst the crew in a puff-puff-pass fashion. After several rotations, Adam feels high and weary. Stumbling with his words, he proclaims his love for Stephanie. She is the girl of my dreams. Adam experiences mixed emotions of bliss and trauma. He feels amazingly high, but he imagines flashbacks of memories of his father passing and the recent death of Stephanie's mother. He attempts to change the negative thoughts for good ones. It is rare for him to be this high. Adam escapes to his room. He is met by an image of Ulysses. He threatens Adam, stay away from Stephanie for your own good. Adam blinks his eyes and in a more sober position realizes he is at the lobby of the hotel. He sees what looks like Stephanie and follows her. It was hers, looking as stunning as ever. She said, I left your belongings at the hotel front desk for you to retrieve. Jokingly, he mentions, so where are we going tonight for our first date? She persisted, you should not be around me. They flirted back and forth as the two walked together, following the direction of Stephanie. Still a bit lofty, Adam saw in passing Allie what looked like Ulysses. At first he was afraid, but then he became confident. He wanted to be there for Stephanie. Adam wanted to protect her. It was nighttime, so Stephanie called the lift. Adam rushed in with her. She laughed and was amused by Adam. She thought he was silly and not competition for Ulysses. She was catching feelings for Adam, but did not want to give him false hope. They arrive at Stephanie's favorite shop. She describes how her and her mother always spent time at this boutique store. It sold books, coffee, tea, snacks, merchandise, cute outfits, and the such. He bought Stephanie a trinket to make her smile and showed her the picture of him and his father on his phone. They shared delightful memories of their parents. Hoping for a better tomorrow, perhaps their own love stood a chance. Their conversation was emotional but lighthearted. Adam stated, in this cruel world, there's no reason to be alone. Stephanie smiled and reacted, maybe. They wanted to be removed from the sorrow, especially Adam. It seemed that Stephanie wanted to sulk in it a bit longer. She described, my life is complicated. 
Adam responded, I do not care. The shop was closing, so they left. It was a full moon night. It was a perfect romantic setting. Adam knew he had to make his move soon. Stephanie said, I have to go. We'll meet again. Adam kissed her. She enjoyed every moment of it, but attempted to hide her true emotions. It was a tender kiss filled with passion. She said, now I go and you stay. Adam smiled and happily said, see you tomorrow. They went their separate ways. Soon after, as Adam was walking, he was quickly approached by a dark and tall figure. He was attacked and punched. On the floor, half-conscious, he saw Ulysses and said, All good things come to an end. Adam's eyes closed. As he awakened, he was approached by Jack. He rushed and checked on Adam. Are you okay? said Jack. Adam responded, I am alright. Adam described how amazing his night was with Stephanie. Truly a night to remember, said Adam. Jack was glad for Adam. He described, me and Benji were looking for you everywhere. We disappeared from all the fun. They were close by to the hotel. Benjamin was waiting for them. Benjamin shouted, the night is still young. Jack agreed. Adam wanted to sleep, but the two persisted to go to a nightclub. Chapter 5. Continue. At the club, Adam felt out of place. He wanted to enjoy a single rum and coke in peace. Jack and Benjamin were still in party mode. Benjamin left the other two to find a girl that he supposedly knew that worked at the club. Left to their vices and Jack's ambition to have a splendid time, both of them attracted a lot of attention. Jack talked up and impressed the promiscuous ladies, speaking of lavishes and money. Demonstrating to the girls that money was no object, but buying them whatever drinks they desired. Jack was flattering and charming. Adam paid the girls no mind, but Jack persisted that, that he indulged them. Jack was the life of the party. A commotion started in Benjamin's direction. Jack and Adam rushed over. Security was grabbing Benjamin for supposedly harassing a woman who worked at the club. Benjamin shouted, It's not my fault, guys. He tried to describe how he used to date her, and now she just wanted to get Benjamin in trouble. The whole situation was confusing. Adam and Jack attempted to persuade the security to calm down, mentioning Benjamin is harmless but dumb. They were upset and grabbed all three of the group. They were brought to the attention of the owner at the back room of the club. The owner announced he was Vincent. He demanded that the three of them pay for the trouble they brought to the club. It was an unfair amount. He was angry and threatened them. The three attempted to make the situation manageable and fair, but it was no, no use. Adam realized this was Vincent, Ulysses' boss. He asked, do you know Ulysses? Vincent was intrigued. He demanded that Adam tell of Ulysses and Stephanie's whereabouts as he was searching for them. He made a deal to help Vincent as long as he was free of payment and damages to him and his friends. Vincent begrudgingly accepted. The three left. 
time was running out, they had to decide what to do about Stephanie. The three of them separated to cover more ground. Also, Adam was perplexed and upset with her shady association with Vincent and Ulysses. He decided to go to the conservatory to find her there. He went inside and she was nowhere to be found. He waited until evening and she finally appeared. She said she was working but was happy to see Adam, this time making her affection known from the beginning instead of her usual facade of disapproval. Adam demanded they talk of something serious. Her instructor arrived and told her of a surprise. He guided them to his car and drove them to Stephanie's house. At Stephanie's home awaited a surprise party filled with fellow musicians, old friends, and drinks. They greeted her with this new revelation. She was ecstatic. She went to greet everyone and enjoy the festivities. Adam was forced to regain her attention after some time. He told her, I met Vincent. She was shocked. You know how dangerous Vincent is? Adam told his story of how he managed the whole situation. Stephanie could not believe it. Guests called Stephanie to come to the main room. They all joined to tell stories of memories they shared with her late mother, Angela. It was heartfelt and kind. She looked at photos of her and her mother together. It brought tears to her eyes. The crowd demanded she play something special. It was a solemn moment as she played classical music on the piano. It was captivating. Ulysses rushed into the house and threatened Adam, attacking him and becoming violent. The piano suddenly stopped playing and all attention was focused on Ulysses and Adam. Stephanie had a gun and demanded Ulysses to vacate the premises. Vincent shouts, I need to see... Ulysses shouts, I need to see you by tomorrow. He pushes Adam and abruptly leaves as he entered. It is safe to say the party came to an end after the incident. Adam stares with a blank face as he unknowingly plays a calming tune on the piano as an instructor talks to Stephanie. He is the last to leave the crash party. Stephanie tells Adam that the instructor told him that her mother was able to keep Ulysses away. She kept him astray by blackmailing him with a specific video. The video was on her phone. Stephanie tells of the fact that she played piano for years, perfecting her skill. The only thing she enjoyed was playing. While she played, it gained the attention of a younger Ulysses. He courted her against the approval of her mother. She was drawn to his dangerous appearance. Ulysses saw her as beautiful and her music tamed the beast within him. She described that it was a love not meant to be. Adam and Stephanie looked straight in each other's eyes. They admitted their love for one another. They kissed and passionately made love. Chapter 6 Drama Adam woke up the next day with Stephanie gone. She left a note that she would return with goodies. Adam searched through the house to pass the time. He found the phone with a video, a video of Ulysses and Vincent killing a group of people. It was the blackmail he needed. He rushed to Stephanie's favorite boutique shop. She was enjoying a meal with Ulysses. Adam felt betrayed. 
Adam stated, I know what you did. I have the video of you killing those guys. Ulysses was fed up with Adam and he attacked him. Stephanie tried to ease the pain. She proclaimed, I do not love him, leave him alone. Adam was in agony. The police started to arrive and Ulysses escaped without a trace. Adam was arrested. He viciously resisted. He was escorted back to the hotel. At the establishment, suspicious individuals attacked him. They worked for Vincent and Ulysses. Adam was able to escape for a short time, but it was of no use. The evil individuals would beat and capture him. Chapter 7 Love at Last Adam arrives half alive at the bridge with Vincent and Ulysses in the dark. They mock him. Ulysses says, where is your lover now? Vincent laughed. Soon, Stephanie arrives with help from the police. She has shown the police a video recording on her mother's phone. She has the force of the police. The just officers, who were not paid off by Vincent's gang, were waiting for proper evidence to arrest arrest the gang members. Ulysses pushes Adam off the bridge. Stephanie shoots Ulysses. Adam in pain falls into the water. Ulysses in anguish falls to the floor. Vincent runs off but is tackled by the police and arrested. Ulysses in disbelief could not believe Stephanie would betray him. His last words, no Stephanie. The police place their lights and check for Adam. He is alive in bloody torment but floating and breathing. Vincent above the bridge was taken to police cars. Stephanie gives a dirty look at Vincent as she rushes below to the bridge. She's glad to see Adam in peace. He raises his hand in a peace sign. She rushes into the water and kisses Adam. Adam with a smile stated, love at last.